Logistics Rocks is the podcast that gives logistics the attention it deserves. And also, it's the podcast where you can meet all the rock stars of this fantastic and fascinating industry. Hello, I'm Mikael Karlsson. I work for Volvo Trucks uh, in an organization that has been quite newly formed called Autonomous Solutions. And uh, we are here to uh, put new solutions in the hands of our customers uh, based on the new technologies. Uh, autonomous, connected and uh, where, where it makes sense also electrified. But with a focus on uh, commercial solutions that really will drive uh, what we believe is uh, unexplored opportunities in business. Wow, that's really interesting. So you're talking about self-driving trucks? We're talking about uh, self-driving trucks. We're talking about systems actually that uh, enable transportation in a more productive way. Uh, And then uh, one of the parameters in that is to remove the driver from the actual vehicle. So when you talk about systems, you you include terminals, roads, uh, hubs, things like that? Yes, and I think what we think is that it starts actually in some specific uh, areas, uh, maybe between terminals or in um, logistic mega centers. And I usually compare it to building a ski lift, because when you build a ski lift, you want to build it where it makes sense. You need to have a mountain, of course. Uh, You need to have... uh, the capability of building, uh, maybe exploring new ski lifts, so you're using, reusing some of the investments that you have done in in preparing uh, the ground and putting electricity in the ground and and you know putting up uh, uh, putting up businesses that will support the actual skiing in itself. So it's so it's more like installing a new system, uh, a bit similar to a ski lift actually, where mm-hmm. it's. So uh, as you as you describe this, I feel that you see that there is a large infrastructural development that needs to accompany the self-driving vehicles, for instance, or or the autonomous parts. I think from from the beginning, I mean, Volvo Trucks being a very uh, safety conscious brand, uh, we have safety in our DNA. It's one of our core values. Uh, we believe that, uh, that that we can find uh, safety, uh, increase safety with the technology of self-driving, but also investing in, to some extent in the infrastructure to really make sure that safety is assured. And of course, if you install it in a, in an area where you have repetitive flows, so always coming back to the same point, uh, then it makes sense installing uh, this kind of infrastructural mm. in, investments. So I know you just recently launched the Vera uh, initiative. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because th- that's that's the reason I called you, yeah, because yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I'm uh, in a way the daddy of Vera to some extent. It's been a, uh, uh, I've been part of that uh, idea from the beginning where we had the first uh, idea generations uh, looking into the future, really uh, trying to understand where we f- could find uh, productivity gains. We were a bit a small team uh, consisting of a few different uh, people from different places in our organization that was a bit uh, tired of always uh, investing quite heavily and then getting maybe not so much bang for buck uh, from a customer point of view. So we said to ourselves, is there any way that we could take a giant leap in productivity or benefits for the customers uh, 
uh, and then the idea of Vera started to emerge in a way where we we looked at the different costs of uh, of a vehicle. We started on from that perspective, and, and then we we said that we put all all costs in a cost chart or a pie to zero. Uh, and uh, by that, you know, you started to, of course, then uh, driver is uh, is a cost for a commercial vehicle that we set set to zero. Uh, energy or fuel uh, is a big part, and we said that we tried to put that to zero. Maintenance, uh, insurance, uh, and other things, we tried to put that to zero, uh, and then try to find ideas in order to to make that possible. It's quite a vision. Um, yes, I, I know that on this market in Sweden, if you take the investment, the driver, and the fuel, you end up with between seventy and seventy-five percent of the total cost for for one of your customers. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's, if you can sort of shave off costs from all three of those, you will save a lot of money. Yeah, I mean that was the whole idea that that yeah. we would increase some significant value, and then we tried to put ourselves in the future already already today by saying that if we remove the driver what limitations do we need to make and then then we started looking at the the transport as such rather than the vehicle and then uh, then as we said okay but we can make this uh, in some specific areas where um, we're starting maybe a a bit slower speeds than the technology will enable this already today and then of course then we can remove the driver and if you run a little bit slower then uh, then an electric driveline makes a lot of sense and uh, and then if you assume that energy is produced uh, uh, renewable energy with uh, increasing uh, uh, decreasing cost for renewable energy then that goes uh, slowly but not i mean it goes towards zero and then, of course, on an electric drive line, and then taking out the driver uh, out of the equation in the vehicle, then uh, the insurance uh, and, and other maintenance costs will decrease as well. So, uh, I mean, maybe we did not succeed fully to put everything to zero, but we made a significant step on the cost side. It's definitely a disruptor. Yeah. Uh, disrupting. I mean, I mean, a lot of the development in in the trucking industry has been geared towards the comfort and the security of the driver. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I mean, if you haven't seen Vera, uh, I, I will put a link in the show notes and I will put put uh, a clip as well where, where you can see it in action. It looks like a Pontiac <laughs> pulling a trailer. Yeah, yeah. it looks, something uh, like that. It, it doesn't looks, look like a truck. It looks quite different. And actually, I mean, uh, that's that's part of the of the insight we have gained as well is that uh, I mean the focus on our traditional business, which, which by the way is uh, is our <laughs> Uh, the strongest business that we have of course we we see that we we um, tend to attract uh, features or, i mean provide features to the driver and to to the ones that are using our our vehicles uh, but in a setup uh, that i just described where vera is a part of of the system then we are not really, you know, providing a good storage, a good comfort, good, uh, you know, that's not really the features that we want to to explore in such a solution. So it's more based on the utilization as such and, you know, a continuous flow, giving the customer peace of mind, uh, giving a good estimated time of arrival and so on. And then then we could scale and try to simplify the the actual uh, truck as much as possible in order to 
to add on the complexity of self-driving. And with that balance, we think it's feasible to add on in a safe way the complexity of self-driving. So, so I mean, now it's sort of a clip-on engine to a trailer, uh, the Vera, uh, and adds autonomous capabilities, of course. I don't know if you can say that really because it is more of a, of a, a tractor that uh, we have tried to to take out the the unnecessary part in this kind of setup. So uh, yeah, it looks really futuristic, and I, I I have tons of questions about all the technicalities. But I think I think we should stay on the system because yeah. from a logistics point of view. Uh, this could be a game changer in some areas when you talk about intra-hub transport, for instance, or uh, also within within the port, for instance, or everywhere you need a tugmaster. Yeah. Uh, you could, of course, apply a solution like this. Mm. Um, what's in the pipeline for you uh, when it comes to, to those developments? I mean, we are looking at typically highly repetitive flows uh, where we have a, a large volumes of goods going back and forth, relatively short distances between, you know, Two distribution centers between a factory or and a port uh, and similar applications, and then uh, we are always going in the in a way uh, very repetitive in the same route. Uh, that's the system uh, approach here, uh, and in a way much similar to what we have seen in lawnmower business, uh, going from you know the typical. Uh, rider that you had in your backyard and you were using it one hour maybe on a Sunday afternoon and then uh, nowadays it's quite popular with with lawnmowers that that work silently in the background uh, focusing on the job to be done which is cutting grass in a way moving grass uh, and in the same way we have looked at in specific areas just as the lawnmower example where you have your backyard we can make a solution that is actually more focused on the actual utilization and uh, the actual job to be done uh, and by that finding good productivity gains mm-hmm. and also good asset management of course yes. because because the truck is even even if a haulage company wants it's not used 100% of the time no and yeah. uh, and i mean you don't have fully loaded trailers you don't you have driver resting times you have standstills you have a lot of traffic congestions and so on so it's uh, i mean it's significantly higher utilization than a passenger car but it's still quite low yeah and talking about sort of productivity and efficiency uh is it fully autonomous or is it level four or three or four? four? I, I think yeah. uh, what we we aim for is a level four solution where it's um, autonomous between different uh, defined areas. So it's not, we don't really make solutions that is autonomous and can go everywhere to everyone at all times. We are making autonomous solutions in specific areas that are predefined in a way uh, so that is where we start and we are approaching the autonomous area uh, in two parallel tracks D- uh, we are supporting our drivers that's more automation of our current products uh, and also then uh, doing autonomous solutions where we are going directly for L4 solutions so we're running two parallel tracks here uh, and in the same I think we have taken some inspiration from the manufacturing industry where we see a typical manufacturing facility, we have some parts of a factory that are highly automated, and some parts of a factory today is still with a lot of operators. And we think that 
the transport industry uh, potentially evolves in the same way. We see, we'll see uh, some specific areas where we have high repetitive flows where it makes sense to automate, but still a lot of areas where uh, where other solutions are, are better. And this is not only a hardware project, and it's not only a transformation project, it's also a large AI component to be able to pull something like this off. Where would you say that, that your industry and also your company are in the development of using machine learning, artificial intelligence today? No, I mean, we are, <clears throat> we are trying to, as everyone else, uh, focus a lot on this in order that we see a lot of benefits in, in many different areas that we don't really can, uh, would believe that that would be helpful. But so, so that's a big part of our development today, of course. Uh, and we are doing it ourselves. We are doing it together with partners in a way to try to capitalize on the best learnings that are out there. Uh, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely one of the enablers in a way that makes these kind of solutions possible. And what I really like about your solution is that you you are putting your component into an already existing standard, uh, the semi-trailer. Yeah. Uh, which I think is a unique selling point uh, for this type of solution. Um, would you Would you consider expanding to other unit loads in the future yes i think we have we are starting uh, where it um, where we think we could gain the best uh, momentum at this point and then we are we were thinking uh, with the with the example i just had that we don't really believe that we from from a friday to monday perspective will will see autonomous uh, you know uh, coming in at the full scale so we think that we need to interact uh, and we think that it will be a very long time until we see a significant part of the transport flow going autonomous or fully autonomous. Uh, so we we believe that you know uh, vessels have a uh, I mean they, uh, if you invest in a new vessel for instance it's a twelve, at least 20 year uh, investment and and uh, you know the standards that we have today for pallets and trailers and so on you don't really change that overnight uh, specifically if you're just taking a small part of the of the logistic flow so we were trying to integrate into the existing uh, logistic uh, systems and the logistic flows that are uh, working today and then grow from that and then of course uh, a trailer is a quite uh, versatile uh, piece of equipment yeah, and you and you can gradually introduce in in the same without disturbing, disrupting the old system. So you can have traditional trailer tractors, and you can have autonomous ones. <laughs> yeah, and I system. think that's the way we see it. That we see the normal uh, combinations of products that we have today uh, interacting with this kind of new uh, ski lift system or flows. And uh, and. Um, uh, one thing that that uh, you can sort of read in some newspapers or online is that okay now now we can uh, let the cars drive themselves or the trucks drive themselves so in five years there will be no more cars outside but I mean what what people don't realize is that uh, even if we have a, a an exponentially moving front of what's possible and what's what's sort of uh, what problems we can solve you have a very long tail of assets and investments that will have decades to live in the system, sunk costs that will need to be um, used in different ways. Yes, and that and the fact that I don't really believe that we will see autonomous solutions for everyone everywhere. I think it will be in some specific areas. So 
So I, I think, but in those areas, I think the market pull uh, will be very strong. And if you are installing an autonomous solution in a specific area with a high goods flow, that will obviously drive uh, increase potentially the goods flow in that because it will be a more productive solution as the factories has been more productive by installing uh, autonomous uh, solutions into the factories and that will in itself drive more transport feeding that system so in a way we are driving prosperity in that way yeah uh, and also i mean they say that the industrial revolution in the textile industry they started 1764 when spinning jenny came around yeah. we've been automating ever since but i don't think anyone in that era who were into production was was sort of in their mental model saying i'm a part of the industrial revolution no. they they sought improvements and they, and they took improvements when they saw that they were profitable and all of a sudden when we look backwards we see that this was the industrial revolution yes Uh, so I think, uh, wh- what will we call this era? I think this is, uh, in a way, the digital era, I would say, uh, to a large extent, because it is the digitalization and the possibility to connect goods and to use good computing power and so on that makes it possible to make these kind of solutions that has not really been possible before. And you need to connect, you need to track your goods, you need to have a continuous flow that you can track track all the time. Uh, And I think, uh, to be frank here, I think the the transport industry is a bit uh, old school in many ways. Conservative, uh, yes. uh, Conservative is a better word. Uh, So I think uh, if you look ahead for five, ten years and then look back, I think a lot of things will have changed actually. Yeah, I mean it's like 11 years since the iPhone came. And look what what this has done to our digital behavior. Uh, incredible yes. uh, development so so um, keeping the future in mind uh, I will give you 10 million US dollars or 10 million euros it's about the same nowadays what would you invest in? transport and logistics <laughs> <laughs> I think um, but there are tremendous opportunities in if you're zooming out a bit and looking at the total flow, flow of goods Um, how to get uh, goods from A to B seamlessly uh, without human interaction uh, you know in a factory based pace uh, taking into account the different kind of solutions how to integrate in a in a customer uh, solution or or a computer system or whatever or a control tower uh, other supporting uh, solutions in order to make this seamless flow of goods from A to B. There, there are uh, opportunities in all these areas. So so uh, some service or hardware or software uh, I or think, solutions? Uh, our uh, thinking is that it is more of a service. Uh, it is a solution-based approach than what kind of uh, parameters or um, what is included in that solution. That could be different from time to time, of course, but uh, I think there are many uh different areas that that different stakeholders have had uh, for long that are now in a way uh, challenged by freight forwarders are challenging uh, fleets fleets are challenging uh, uh freight forwarders and digital platforms are challenging old uh, paperwork uh, yeah, processes and so on yeah. so i think there are uh, i mean everyone is moving a bit in the value chain and trying to to see actually where the value is yeah 
close to the end consumer. Yeah. Everyone wants to be sort of in charge of the, yeah, uh, yeah. the deal with and the And I think consumer. there is yeah. some kind of, um, uh, I mean, turbulence now, but it will be uh, a more stable, mature phase. Uh, and we, we see new actors popping up in the logistics market uh, only here in Scandinavia. Mm. You have these companies who distribute groceries to your door. Yeah. They will start distributing other goods as well. And you see the newspaper distribution companies, they are starting to accept e-commerce goods as well. So, so we see sort of a new new map forming, yeah. a new, new type of industry almost. Yes, and I think, I mean, the increase, transport need will increase. We want to have things quicker. We want to have it, uh, we want, we are moving into e-commerce in many different areas and, and uh, I mean, the need for transport will increase. And, and, and so will the needs of the forwarders or the transport companies even though I'm sure you will wish that they would have a 100% Volvo fleet, they won't have. They will have uh, vehicles and different brands and they will have other autonomous or semi-autonomous solutions. How is this industry, is it starting to form some sort of consensus on this is the future that we want to have? And this is, we all have our roads, uh, roadmaps towards that, but we have sort of a, an agreed upon solution in, in 2050, for instance. Uh, I think uh, in, in all uh, areas that are going through some kind of disruption, there is a phase where a lot of new players are emerging and some old players are trying to transform. But then eventually I think it will be some kind of consolidation. Uh, you have seen it within uh, you know, big container ships. You have seen it within uh, iPhone and Android platforms. You have seen it within a lot of different areas. There are... You know, when the market starts to get mature, uh, one or two or three or four players that that are still around in some different... But then uh, connecting this into a full flow, uh, there could obviously be different opportunities. But but I think it will be difficult to to pre- predict uh, actually what well, I mean that's that's the million dollar literally yeah. or billion dollar question. Uh, I think... Uh, predicting just based on rear view mirror uh, what has happened before uh, and then trying to extrapolate that into the future would probably not be the best way of predicting the future right now because we are in some kind of shift. Yeah, you can also uh, take a backcasting approach and, yeah, yeah. and create the future you want. So that's uh, that's what we have done with Vera. I mean, we have put, tried to put ourselves a bit in the future and then take the backcast approach. It's a really interesting approach. Uh, and uh, yeah, we will, as I said, link to the film and to the video. Um, now, this is a, more or less a new industry. Autonomous vehicles, but also all these applications of uh, new sensor technologies, uh, um, AI, things like that. How would you, what what advice would you give to someone who wants to enter this field, to start working in this field, or or perhaps taking their own company towards this type of future? You know, I'm not an expert of starting own companies. I'm more of an entrepreneur. Uh, but I think uh, I think a lot of the things that we see right now uh, that get a lot of the attention. Uh, with new sensor technology and new computing technologies and so on, will actually be a commodity not so far away from now. Uh, so I think my advice is to look more at uh, how the value is created uh, in the customer relations, how to set up the, uh, I mean, uh, 
how to build a, a new value for customers and then how to capture that value. Uh, not so much maybe the technology itself that would be quite lucrative for some years, but if you take the self-driving technology in 10 years' time, I think uh, it will be offered uh, quite standardized uh, mm-hmm. products for that. I often give talks and I uh, I often exemplify your technology, for instance, and others when I talk about automation. And I always get two questions. And I, I believe you always get these two questions as well. What will happen to all the jobs? And how are we preventing these systems from being hacked? Yeah, uh, those are two relevant questions. But when it comes to jobs, I mean, already today, there is a big shortage of truck drivers. There is an increasing demand for transport. There is an increasing demand for uh, for uh, quicker transport, in a way. More efficient transport, sustainable transport. Uh, and uh, I think what we are trying to offer is different solutions for different segments and applications. So I don't really believe... Uh, I think more that truck drivers that we still uh, have or can provide, they will be very much appreciated in a lot of different um, uh, applications. Because of this long tail of investments. This long tail. And that uh, coming back to the factory example, that we believe that only some parts will actually see full automation coming. Because it does not really make sense if you don't have a high repetitive flow and, uh, and, uh, you know... uh, high goods volumes at this point at least uh, so, so I'm not so I mean I think that's more of a if you are not really uh, you see that we provide a solution where there is no driver in the vehicle and and you get a bit scared but I think uh, I would really see uh, people starting new jobs within trucking still because it will be very much needed for a long time frame uh, to come uh, and a security issue uh, I think and I mean uh, here we are to, working together with legislators of course and, and trying to to find uh, solutions that w- will be uh, uh, the new standard so to say uh, and there are many companies today that are working uh, trying to find solutions so I mean we have uh, uh, industries that have been I mean, coming from military and so on that are are quite advanced in this field as well. So I think uh, what we do is that when we install a solution based on autonomous, we are installing take accountability for the full solution. And then we're working together with partners in order to secure that uh, this installation is fulfilling all the necessary uh, legislation that, that that we have. I think that uh, we are entering a new era with a new type of security that is needed, especially if we add remote control ability to these vehicles, which are heavy and, yeah, you can do all uh, all manner of bad things with them. So, so, uh, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm quoting the the Spider-Man's Uncle Ben: "With great power comes great responsibility." Yeah, um, and the the actors I've spoken with including Volvo, has has taken that seriously. Mm. And I think uh, the key enabler for these kind of solutions is actually safety because uh, without safety you don't get trust and without trust you don't get the solution to to be uh, profitable or, or to be used at all. So it's I think there are a lot of players that does not really have that safety DNA and they are a startup and they can take a little bit higher risk. Uh, 
but I think uh, and I hear maybe we can compare to Pass Passcore uh, and you know the the sister brand here that they are not Volvo Group Volvo Cars <coughs> have built I mean reputation around safety and I think a lot of people wants to go in a safe car if they're going autonomous yeah definitely and finally the question you've been waiting for <laughs> you have to pick a song because this is logistics rocks you know there are many good songs but uh, you know I, I i fell for a classic song sympathy for the devil with rolling stones excellent choice excellent choice one of my favorites as well so uh, mikael thank you for being on logistics rocks thank you very much thank you mikael When a huge player like Volvo decides to do something, it really makes a mark. I know that Volvo has, since this was recorded, continued to work on Vera, and that the pace of development is very high. My last guest in this volume is Robert Falk, the CEO and co-founder of the super-hyped startup Enride. Robert wants to replace our transportation system with autonomous futuristic electric vehicles. And if he succeeds, he will have cut costs for haulage operations with a significant amount. And, as always, if you like what you hear, please give me a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or Podchaser. My name is Pedro Lafornes and thank you for listening to Logistics Rocks. <laughs>